What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, week three of the Wednesday Night War saw the audience dip slightly for the AEW show, a little bit more for the NXT show. I hope that we found a, a nice little balance for both of those shows because I, I watched both of them. I thought both of them were good, and uh, I hope people are kind of enjoying Wednesday night wrestling because that's that's the night for me. I mean, I don't. I'm not watching Monday. I'm not watching Friday. I'll dig into stuff on YouTube here and there, but Wednesday night has been the wrestling night for me, which has never been the case because I don't think they ran. I mean, maybe they ran some Clash of Champions on, on Wednesday every once in a while, but. You know, it's kind of like a new thing, but I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, I'm digging it too, and it's been a lot of fun. It's like, you know, there's like some excitement to tune into some wrestling on TV now. So I, I look forward to every Wednesday, and yeah, we have a lot to discuss about these shows because it was a lot going on and a lot of people talking about them. Yeah, well, we'll get to those in a second. I think the biggest news is still, even though it happened earlier in the week, uh, Eric Bischoff being out. Of, uh, of WWE. He is no longer the executive director of SmackDown. Bruce Pritchard is now in his spot, and I feel like this is something that we both saw coming a long, long time ago. I think you made a joke about uh, catering at one point. Um, but what were your thoughts on Bischoff being out of there? I feel like when I saw the news, I thought it was old news. I'm like, well, this is old news. You know, Bruce has been running things from Oh, for a while now, Bischoff has been in catering the whole time, um, not really adding much, just wasting space. And and I think you know, I think it's unfortunate. I don't want to see anyone lose their job, but if you're not performing and you know, if there's also a, if things are going, you know, things don't go the right way for them. There's like he's always going to be, he's always going to be the scapegoat right off the mm-hmm. bat. So. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't want to see a guy lose a job or anything, but, you know, I think, I mean, let's see what Bruce does. I think Bruce is more Vince's ear, right? Vince was, you know, he's going to do whatever Vince wants to do. So is, is that good or bad though? I don't know. I don't know what Bruce, I, I just think he's going to be just a yes man and do whatever Vince wants on this. And I don't know. We'll see. Let's give a couple of Smackdowns going and see. Um, I mean, the draft stuff was was really bad i mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean i actually enjoy the campiness of the war rooms like just as just like wrestling camp right like campy stuff like it was it was pretty funny to me but like but like i just don't know they they didn't really execute they they they're almost there they're almost there almost there and they didn't do it and so now that these freaking drafts are all done the rosters are all set for now um, I'm looking forward to maybe watching a couple episodes if I can, if I'm not too tired and exhausted, to see what the, how the two shows differ from each other. I'm I'm really excited about Raw because you know Heyman got his guys that he you know he wants to use and push and I'm and Heyman's a smart guy we've seen so I'm looking forward to, to Raw's coming up in the near future. Okay, so my take on the Bischoff thing is he was set up to fail from the get go. Um, I, I actually, I would say I don't know why he took the job, though. I think I know why everyone takes a job is, you know, you, you've been out for a while and you kind of want back in and everyone's always got the bug. And I think for the money that Vince probably offered him, he probably had to take it. Like he just had to do it for his family's sake, well, even if it was only for several months. And, you know, maybe he gets a nice severance out of this. But 
I, the reason why I say I think he was set to fail is because if you think about that schedule, um, the reason why Vince works so well with a what you called yes men who are there to simply uh, pacify him. Um, but also, you know, sort of these younger Hollywood guys who don't really have much going on, uh, and this becomes their life, is because, you know, the way that he runs the schedule. Now, obviously, neither of us are in that room or or, or, or uh, maybe even close to people who are in that room, though you, you closer than me. Um, it sounds like, you know, they have their normal day, and then once their normal day is done... They're basically waiting on Vince for the rest of the day. And sometimes that is at a normal time, and sometimes that is at 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone like Bischoff, you've made your you've made some money. Now, you know, maybe maybe he he is not as 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 well off as one would think he is. I, I don't I actually don't know his, his monetary status. Um, you know, I've heard some things, but you know, you, you've been in charge before. You've been the guy. You've called the shots. And you're like, okay, I was here at eight, you know, did my thing until five. I'm going to go have dinner with my wife. And if someone calls me at one o'clock to come back, I'm probably asleep. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you a story about uh, Phil Jackson. You remember the, the old Chicago Bulls coach, Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan's coach. Yep. So, you know, he did the thing with Michael Jordan. He won his three titles. Then Jordan retires. Jordan comes back. They win three more. He goes to coach the Lakers, um, Kobe and Shaq, and then I think they win three more. Then he leaves. Then he comes back. He coaches Kobe again, wins a couple more, and then he goes to New York, which is where he uh, he started his career as a player. And by that time, it's no longer a young man's game. And if you're in New York and you are a GM or you are a team president or somebody who has to be uh, in the know of the things that are going on in the NBA, West Coast games start at about 1030 on the East Coast. You know, Phil Jackson in his 70s, it's not staying up until 12, you know, one o'clock in the morning to watch West Coast basketball. So basically, you know, when when when. People were trying to get a hold of him. He's out, man. He's sleeping. <laughs> and so they couldn't, you know, the, you're a GM or you're a team president. You got to be able to to take calls and be on texting and, and constantly just working a lot. And I sort of see the same thing with Bischoff. Now, I don't think Bischoff was as brilliant of a mind as, as maybe Phil Jackson was, but he was a big part of, uh, of, of the wrestling war that we grew up watching. And, you know, to some extent, you know, like I said, he was, he was his own boss. So... Vince is the guy, and now you got to work under Vince, and you spent you know a good amount of your career trying to beat Vince. I I, I could see why you, maybe you go, eh, it's twelve o'clock, I'm going to bed, and then it's very much in Vince's right to go. Okay, you 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 weren't here, you weren't able to do what we needed you to do, and uh, and that that's kind of the system. Like those guys know if you want to work there, that you got to do that. And I I really I'm I'm interested, and and I've never heard anybody ask this before, but let's say you're Jeff Jarrett or you're the road dog or something. And you understand the schedule, like knowing that at five o'clock when your day ends, McVince is probably not going to be ready until the evening. Do you go home and like take a nap? Like, like what do you do? Like waiting for this guy? Cause no one could just sit there and 
you know, wait, wait at the offices and, and, at, and, and just be ready, you know, okay, two o'clock in the morning, I'm ready, let's go. Like, you, how do these guys get sleep? I would just take advantage, like you said, like time to take naps and and hope for the best. And you know, Vince is gonna he's gonna make his changes because that's what you know bosses do and people of that power. Sometimes they just need. Sometimes they just, from what I've seen, especially at my work, I've seen decisions being made just because they can make them. You know, like they have to be involved. They have to. They just can't sit back and be the one that lets someone else make that decision. They have to chime in, and even if it's not for the better, it's just because they're the boss and they have to be the one that makes the calls on everything. Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually don't really expect either Raw or SmackDown to change very much. Uh, I the I think the thing that I'm interested in is how quickly do they go back to. Uh, putting the rosters back together because mm-hmm. that's always the go-to, right? Like they just can't help themselves because they are the slaves to the uh, to the ratings and to the demos. And when they see those numbers, you know, start going down, it's what are we gonna do? And usually the the go-tos are, you know, we gotta bring someone back like Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan. Or, you know, we pull someone from the other side and have them come to Raw and attack, you know, those. And so I, I fully expect at some point something like that to happen. Hopefully they well, could be a little bit more disciplined this time, but I feel like it's coming. Well, yeah, it's going to come in a couple of weeks because it's a virus series, right? Right. I mean, they usually do the brand versus brand stuff. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt like we're out the, you know, in a couple of weeks they're going to start promoting Survivor Series and then we're going to start seeing... You know, those, those matches set up and, and all that. All right, so uh, week three of the Wednesday Night War saw AEW. Um, I, thought it was, I, thought, I thought it was interesting sort of the, the way that their show ended with, you know, the, the top two programs, uh, Kenny Omega and, uh, and John Moxley, and then Cody wasn't that Cody wasn't in the match, but you know Chris Jericho defending his title. So you had your top two programs on the show, and on the flip side, when you're watching NXT, you had a a squash. You had well, you had the Keith Lee stuff with the Dijakovic and uh, and Roddy Strong doing a run in. Then you had a squash, and then you went to the main event, which was uh, uh, Damian Priest and Pete Dunne. So sort of a different way for each show to kind of flow. And, um, you know, the NXT this time didn't really try to combat whatever was on, you know, AEW to uh, to get people to stop switching channels or whatever. They just kind of did their thing. And um, I don't know. I just thought I just, I, I'm the part that I'm fascinated about this war is kind of how each television show sort of peaks and valleys and and and. Where where they expect to pick up viewers and and if they like are are they caring at this point because on AEW you have all your big stars on at the end and NXT you're like ah you know all our big stars are at the beginning so I just find that intriguing as far as you know how they're trying to get people to tune in and stay with the show yeah I think there's just two different philosophies going on I think with when it comes to NXT I think right now they're just doing what they do. They're just putting on their show. They're not trying to hot shot anything just because of what happened last week with the rating. Uh, that that was totally clear to me this episode, right? Uh-huh. Like right when I saw this card and what the main event was going to be, I was like, 
they're not worried about AEW. They want to beat AEW. I'm sure you know. Let's not say they, you know, they 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 do. They do eventually want to beat them. But I think they're just they're just more focused on what they're doing. They're building their stars, and they're trying to get those guys over. And you know, like guys like Damian Priest and the Pete Duns. You know, Pete Duns is already you know a kind of established guy within NXT, but that's within NXT on the network. You know, he hasn't really got any more on the on on national TV yet. So, you know, this is a way to get him out there too. So I think they're just kind of they're, they're doing their thing. And then I, th- I feel like, and eventually, they feel like these guys will start getting names and and more attention on them, and hopefully the ratings will spike with for them. Um, AEW, I think they're you know they're still fresh and new. They're still hot shot some stuff. You know, I thought last show was uh, this past this last night was kind of a lot of hot shotting, and nothing too extreme, but like you know like already booking a street fight. Right between Darby Allen and Jericho, where it's just because it's been a simple world championship match, right? Um, the tag match with Moxley and Pac and Paige and Omega that's like a big, that's a big match, like a really big match that they could have, you know, built towards down the line. It, it was kind of just like thrown all together. I mean, they had a little thing in the last episode before, but it's like that was like a big match that kind of you want to see kind of build to. Um, but yeah, you know, like, like AEW is still new and they have a lot of, a lot of fresh things right now. So yeah, I, I kind of expected how the, I, the ratings weren't a surprise to me at all. The only thing that was surprising about the ratings though, was I thought NXT would be up a little bit more. I haven't seen the breakdown yet. So I thought without a baseball game, a lot of their older fans that watch, right. Would be kind of boosting that rating up a little bit, but, but it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it was actually, it was actually the reverse. Mm-hmm. The AEW rating uh, the average fan or the average viewer was older than it was previously. And for NXT, the teenage demo was up for them, teenage boys. So it's kind of interesting. Like, I, I mean, that stuff is, you know, when you're only dealing with, you know, a million or 700,000 overall viewers, those demos can kind of go up and down, you know, very quickly. But the other thing that was interesting is, AEW from that, you know, that the 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 demo that that really matters is that 18 to 49. They were just a, a hair down and AEW is uh is getting close to like pretty dreadful where that rating is concerned. Uh, a, uh, AEW still outpacing them in that demo uh 2 to 1. So, if I'm NXT, um I I am a little worried about that and maybe Maybe they need to, uh, you know, hotshot some stuff at the end with, you know, their best, best guys. But I don't even know who that is because, you know, Adam Cole, I don't know if Adam Cole is, uh, I mean, he's 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 really good. But I don't know if he's has the cachet of someone who's going to, you know, force people to change the channel. I'm not even sure who that person is on NXT. Like, I would think it was Riddle, but I don't even know if it's Riddle anymore. Um I, mean, I, you think know, Gar- I think Gargano's a guy like that. but like, It could be Finn Balor when, yeah. when Finn comes. That's going to help. I think, like I said, I think a lot of these guys, like, we, you know, we, we, NXT has been around for a while, right? Like, because we watch it on the network and the takeovers, the great takeover shows. But, like, to the, you know, the national audience that may don't have the network or are casually tuning in, they don't know these guys yet, right? So, even these younger viewers, maybe they don't know them yet, so... And 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 you know we we've mentioned this, but that's why I wish they would do a little bit more character stuff for these guys. Because okay, so let, let's just for instance, and and we can actually talk about these shows. Like I was, I was thinking about 
you know, a lot of the things that I liked on on each show and then what I didn't like. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I didn't like, and this is, this is, you know, it's not that I hated it. It's just, I, I thought, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that Chiampa comes back and he comes back, you know, in half of the time that, that you would have expected him to be back. And I, not to say that everything has to be a big deal. Obviously he came back at the end of, of the other show. So we knew that he was back, coming, but why is his first match an opening match against a nobody where a, you know, not to say that he's not a hundred percent healed, but you know, I, I, I'm maybe he needed to get some ring rust off or whatever, but you can kind of do that at the performance center if you wanted. But why is his match, his first match back, not like the main event of a show or, or like a main event of a takeover, or it just felt like here's this opportunity to bring this guy back in a big, big way. And you just tell this new fan base, this dude is the man. And then he's in the first match on, on just a regular TV show. Like I thought they could have done that so much better to tell the audience that this is one of the best guys going. He's returning and he's going to come back and run through um, Adam Cole and, and, and those guys. And then he just wrestled in the first match. And I was like, oh, well, there's his there's his return match. Oh, OK, I guess, you know, I, I just felt they didn't do enough there. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think they you know, he's already had his big return, right, on the the show a couple weeks ago. Week, uh, well, their week, what? Well, their first head-to-head, right? That yeah, was, that yeah. Was his return. So that's his big return. This was, uh, let's show the fans again how White Chomp is such a badass. He's going to destroy this dude. And then Alex con- out comes the, the top heel group, and he's going to sit there and be like, well, let's just go, let's fight. So you, you, they're trying to establish him as an Austin-esque Badass baby, but face. then they quickly made it not about him. With the uh, with the, the, the stuff with Dream, yeah, yeah. Well, that was done for that was done for the match with Roddy and stuff. But yeah, but no, but obviously what they're building to is War Games. Sure, that, that that's fine. I I just if um you know for instance, I mean we, we it, it's easy to to sort of Monday morning quarterback because we can go back to. All kinds of uh, of of stuff where you know when someone would come back and when you make it special and someone comes back and maybe it's a surprise and they did the surprise thing with him. I just I just don't, I just don't understand that if this guy has you know a bad neck and he's coming back and he's a little bit older, save his stuff. Like why does he have to just wrestle a random match to open a show? Like why why aren't we why aren't we waiting? Why aren't we just saving his matches for? you know, main event matches. No, yeah, no, I agree. I think that you could have done definitely definitely something differently. You definitely could have built it up to where he just main evented a takeover or a big main event on NXT. He didn't take any bumps this match, so it was all it was just a complete squash. I mean, he did a running knee into the turnbuckle for, <laughs> what, oh, for the, for the, the for flag. Or the, the pants. Yeah. I, my issue with this match was not even the match itself. The match was fine. It was just, it was what it needed to be for Ciampa and... You know, like to show him how dominant he is. I just didn't like who he they had to put him with. I mean, I like uh, Angel Garza. I think he's a talented young guy. I think he has a, a a good charisma about him. I think he he has a future star ability. I just didn't want him to see him in that role as the guy that's gonna get beat. Right? Um, I I wish they could have used another guy for that spot. Even yeah. like, even another guy. I mean, there's another guy I really like Conan Reeves who who isn't he? Is he hurt? 
I don't know, but I, I think he maybe he might be hurt. But I'm not saying like maybe like a guy like that that's still still young and, st- and but like ugh, well then again I have Kona too, so I think they. <laughs> but there, there's like that 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 in that PC there's tons of guys that they could use for this spot. But yeah. you know, but Garza does have some. Well, they they used uh, Jonah they used Jonah Rock later in the show. Exactly and the same my same point. I did not like that either. I think Bronson was it Bronson Reed is his name. Yeah. I think that guy has something special about him. He, well, he, I, I saw him and Jeff have a match at PWG. Yeah. Well, it wasn't five stars or anything, but those guys like moved the ring. Like everything they did was so heavy. And then you see this dude do like a frog splash off the top rope. I remember seeing him and Noah as just a young guy coming up, and I was just always impressed by him then. And I really like his stuff. And I just think like here's a guy like after the like Keith Lee. Uh, Dijakovic stuff kind of ends. You know, you could throw him versus Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. You could throw him versus Killian Dane. I just, I just didn't think it was a. I don't want to see him get beat on TV. I mean, he did wrestle Riddle, who's one of their big guys. But like, you know, I think he, he you know, those guys, you have to build, you know, build them up. But give him a squash. You know, let him beat a boa. You know, like like Killian did, Dane did earlier on the show too, or late on the show too. So. I was kind of, that's what I was bummed about. I was bummed about that. I, and also, I'm also bummed about, I think there needs to be a little more mic work. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a little more in-ring promo stuff. Um, there's not, I, I don't know, like, I'll have to find this out. But, like, it's like at NXT, I just feel like they need to, they feel like they need to give action. Like, we need to just give them, like, just action, 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 mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. what, maybe that's, what, but at the same time, I think there's, there's some opportunities for some, promos live promos instead of the pre-tape stuff i mean they do some really good pre-tape stuff with the videos but i want to see like you know on the top of the stage interview i want to see guys arguing on the top of the stage with each other um there's some here and there but like we only got i think we only got one promo this last show with johnny gargano you know which was Mm -hmm. good it was like a little tease of their reunion that's probably going to happen in a few weeks or something but um yeah that's that's what i want to see from nxt just this little more character stuff i mean we see velveteen dream get some time doing stuff in the last couple episodes but there needs to be more than just one guy getting that opportunity to show I, i don't mind sacrificing a um a squash match for some promo time mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. uh now before we get to the rest of what i liked and didn't like about both shows and and what you also didn't like and liked about both shows um there you made a comment last week about private party and you talked about uh being a worker and what a worker means and then you added hogan in there and we were talking about the <laughs> young bucks and um one of one of my good uh, one of my good Twitter buddies who actually helped me a lot with like figuring out how to get high sound quality uh, on this show and then and then on the shows that I do with Dave he chimed in and he was like well what the fuck mm. um, and then you explained it to him but what can you go back and sort of re- remind folks what the context was and then further explain I should have asked you to explain a little bit more last week because I kind of felt like someone would ask but you know we were kind of moving pretty quickly but we have a little bit of time Re- restate what you were trying to say last week about that well I kind of did explain it last week like for example like private party you know Hogan a worker is a person that can read that crowd can feel that crowd mm-hmm. builds them up to a point where they're going to explode he knows the right time to do it private party doesn't know how to do that they're they're, they're fantastic athletes absolutely they're going to get there maybe hopefully they'll get there 
But like you know, Hogan, guys like that are just on another level. Guys like uh, guys that could do all the tricks that don't need to kill themselves. You know, those are the guys. So that's a worker, a guy that can go out there, or a gal that can go out there, and they can sell their ass off. Know when that crowd wants them to make that comeback. Feel when it's right time to make that comeback. Feel when it's right the right time to go home. Stuff like that's what I meant. So to be fair to the guys today, someone like Private Party, obviously they are very young and in their in their wrestling career. The reason why the transition to move, 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 move is is it just goes, goes, and goes is because they're just like trying to figure the whole thing out. Like they don't know when to sell and when not to sell, but they know that they can do these moves and that they're really good at them, so that's kind of what they do. Similarly, um, you see, uh, you know, it's that this is sort of why, you know, people talk about indies or whatever. Now, there are some great indie workers, but a lot of times when you when you see some of these matches, there isn't a lot of selling because they're just trying to get their stuff in because they want they want the fans to recognize that they they aren't just, you know, a squash match jobber or something. And so like a lot of times you see indie matches and it's just like bing, 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 bing. I got to get these things in, even if I lose, you know. But what you're saying is, is when you master sort of that art, you do less, which means more. Yes. And you're, ta- you're talking Hogan, you're talking Rock. Um, today, I think a good person, though people are probably, people probably don't like this comparison, but to me, maybe the best worker in WWE is Roman Reigns because he's deliberate and he reacts. The problem is sometimes the crowd doesn't react to him in the way that they should. So it kind of looks a little dull. But to me, he is like that quintessential worker for uh, wrestling today. Now, with Young Bucks and with, you know, the way that people map out matches today, they're, they're, they're not they're, they're hoping that those moments with that crowd are there, but they're not always there. And sometimes they do go too fast and they miss those moments. But that's that's more of what you were talking about. Most of the time they go too long. They have all these great, great ideas and all these big, exciting moves and double team moves or just even as a singles match, all these moves. And like they don't realize they, they just went past their peak like a worker, say the finish for Hogan was a big leg drop, right? That's his finisher, right? What if what if it was like, you know, we're going to go like 22 minutes. You know, that's what that that was that was their time slotted. But you know at 15 minutes, they had the crowd. They would do it, right? They would go home early. Um it's just it's just stuff like that. Like reading the crowd, understanding when to do what. It's that's that's a worker. So, let's talk about the sh- these shows a little bit more. Um I already mentioned one thing I didn't like, um, and I want to talk about something I did like on on the AEW show, um, which is the Kenny Omega, this version of Kenny Omega, who we haven't seen in a long time, who was the ass-kicking babyface version of Kenny Omega. That tag team match was, you know, maybe the best thing that he's done, you know, since... um, I'm trying to think. You know, the Jericho match was was good, but I, I still don't think he was at his best then. But he was so good on this show that almost too good because what I had hoped as I'm watching this match, the thing that I kept thinking of was, when's this pay-per-view again? Because I feel like it was perfect for a go-home for to build for that, that match at the pay-per-view, but they still have like three weeks left. But just 
that Kenny Omega, that version of Kenny Omega, I felt like he was back this week. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked good. He, yeah, I think this 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 match was really good, and I love the second hour. I thought the first hour was shit, though. I thought that was like God. I honestly, I turned it off. At the, I was so upset the first hour. I just started to watch NXT. What about Scorpio Sky? You didn't think Scorpio Sky was good? Oh, that thing was horrible. That whole segment was horrible. No one got over. Oh my God, that thing, that that thing was so bad. I mean, Scorpio Sky looked. I mean, he's a good athlete. He does. He, he look. I mean, he's a. He should be broken up from be a singles. But like that, that that's actually what I thought too. I thought he he sh- he needs to be away from that group. <laughs> the whole psychology of this angle to the match, I just wanted to bang my head against the wall. It was just so frustrating. God, and that match was bad, bad and bad on bad. It was just, ugh. man. All right, so should we talk about <laughs> the thing that I was really frustrated with last night sure. on AEW, which is okay. I, let me preface this by saying. Luchasaurus gets hurt. You you have to you have to go to whatever the plan B is, and the plan B is that oh well we have a third person on this team. His name is Marco Stunt, and I thought, man, like I wish they would have. I wish they had somebody else because the only believable thing, if Marco Stunt is Jungle Boy's partner, is that. Jungle Boy does all the heavy lifting, goes toe-to-toe with, with the Lucha Bros to show that he can hang with these guys. And then when Marco needs to come in, then he just gets demolished. Like, that was my thought of how, how do you book Lucha Bros strong and Jungle Boy strong and then get over those two priorities? And when I watched this match, I thought Marco Stunt is doing – he's flossing – um, he should have got slapped in the face for flossing right in front of these badass dudes. Um, and then, um, he got a couple moves in, which is fine. Cause it wasn't like he was like punching or, or, you know, body slamming or, or whatever, you know, he, they were kind of like these, you know, uh, smart, you know, smart underdog baby face moves that where you get one over on the heels. But then when he kicked out of whatever the move that he kicked out of, which I thought, like, oh, that, that move should have killed him. And then they kept going. I was like, ugh. Like, they should have just ended the match there. So, overall, I was less bothered by Marco's performance. I was more bothered by the idea that he is the story of this match when, to me, the story of this match should have been Lucha Bros going over strong and, secondarily, Jungle Boy shows that he can go with these guys. Yeah, it was a bummer that that Jungle Boy is getting overshadowed by this Marco Stone stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I was also like frustrating too. Like, I don't think he should have start the match against Pentagon. Like, you would think that Jungle Boy would want to start the match yep, first, yep. protect his little buddy who's just filling in. And then you're right. Then he, you know, Jungle Boy's early on. He's he's dominant. He's hitting all these great moves. He has a, the Lucha Brothers on their, uh, off balance, and finally they cut him off. Now there's heat, and then you know Jungle Boy. Maybe he doesn't even want to tag Marco Stunt because he knows that Marco. You know, even even though he's getting his ass kicked, he's he knows he tags Marco Stunt. He's not gonna have much. You know, he's gonna be beat quickly, so he needs to do whatever he can to kind of keep fighting back, keep fighting back. Maybe he gets you know, Jungle Boy gets bumped into the corner. The Marco tags him, in, you know, tags himself in. He jumps in there. There's some underleg stuff, little loop de loop stuff. He's being quick. He's being elusive, 
and then finally they catch him. Boom, right? But here's mm-hmm. the thing: you got the wrong team in there. Like, yeah. You got the you got the Lucha Brothers who who aren't heels. You could have had that match with the best friends, and I would have been totally fine. Oh, they they suck too. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they don't know how to be heels. That, that's the problem with this. But, that, but that's what I'm saying is is it's believable. It's more believable if Marco Stunt is getting offense on Chucky T because, you know, that's just kind of the deal. But it's not as believable to me that he's getting offense on these two badass luchadors who are hopefully going to win these titles because they're like one of the greatest tag teams that, that we have going today. It's just like you can't, the Lucha Bros aren't going to sit there, put the boots to a guy in the corner, stuff you know, slam people, choke them with their foot on the rope. Like, they're not going to work that way. They're going to do their flashy stuff. And what's going to happen? The crowd's going to cheer them. They're not going to get heat, like, you know, heat on the bay face to make that hot tag. And, oh, my God, just survive, kids. Just survive, kid. No, it's it doesn't have, it's not going to have that dynamic because they don't know how to work that way. They're not going to work that way because they have to do their, their big high spots. And that's okay. When I when I see the Lucha Brothers do this, I think because I think that's why I think they're a babyface team, mm-hmm. not a heel team. Actually, all these teams in the Dark <laughs> Order are babyface teams, you know. And and Marco, I know people are like, "What about Rey Mysterio in 1996 when he showed up?" You know, he also, you know, <laughs> Rey is a little more talented, right? He had a little more charisma. Marco, I like, I I do like Marco. I, I think he's fun. I think he has. You should have him in certain spots. I think this is a situation where they kind of, you know, hey, they had to do what they had to do. But what about this? Like, why could they do something where, like, Jungle Boy, like, you know, but then again, Jungle Boy doesn't talk, right? Yeah. Now he should, he yeah. should talk. I mean, come on. I hope he does because I know he's not the strongest on promos, or but he needs to start doing it. And what if he, though, like, you know, who he, should, he, who, he should, he will be a good talker because I think so. I he comes think so. from. The loins of Luke Perry. Come on. The guy's yeah. going to be able to cut a promo at some yeah, point. Yeah, but David Flair came from the loins of Ric Flair. <laughs> oh, um, my God. But, uh, but no, but <laughs> Jack's a lot of talent than David. Mm-hmm. But, and, I, and he, you know, he's taking acting classes. I know he can I know he can do it. I know he can do it. If he, if he gets confidence, he'll do it. And But what if they had a promo where, like, Jungle Boy, who's he going to pick? And, like, here's Marco. Me, 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 me. But he's like, I'm going to pick, you know, he picks someone else, right? Mm-hmm. And then in that match, the Lucha Brothers, who early on the night took out, took out, uh, or they maybe they should have cut that whole bullshit out with this SCU and Best mm-hmm. Friends. Leave that as a regular tag match would have been best for everyone involved. And then had a thing where the Lucha Brothers come out and take out Jungle Boy's new partner, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Brandon Cutler of all people. I don't know, someone like that. You know, someone they just destroy. And now Marco jumps, you know, you know, Jungle Boy is wrestling on his own, like I said. It's a handicap match. Now Bunko, Marco jumps in the corner. Now he gets the tag. And now he's in there, and he gets finally like a cotton beat. You know, I don't know. It's just something like that. It just, it just didn't work out. It should have been shorter. It kept going too long. Like, I can't believe it went through a commercial break. I know. I know. So uh, so a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, this is uh, – he, he's Sean Waltman. I'm like, no, he's not Sean no, Waltman. No. I've, I've been next to Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman is the same height as me. Sean Waltman is awesome and was awesome back then. But also the other thing with Sean Waltman was he didn't get his win over Razor Ramon in the middle of a tournament to decide the best tag team in the company. So that's the difference. Now, who can Marco Stunt be? I think Marco Stunt should be Spike Dudley. Like Mm -hmm. he should be the third wheel who 
when you know when the bad guys come in and, and do some interfering, then you have Marco come in and do his you know whatever his flying DDT is things to even the odds, and then he gets out of there. And then when he does have have uh, you know singles matches, he gets his ass kicked because he's smaller than anybody else. You know, get a hope spot here and there, but ultimately he, that's his role, which is you know to be the third person. Now, if Luchasaurus doesn't get hurt. You know, we probably don't see what what we saw. Marco's still doing whatever he's doing. So, you know, I mean, they they had to make something out of out of what they were given, yeah. uh, and and so I, I'm not gonna really, you know, demerit them for that. Like like it's it's a hard, you know, th- these things happen. First time company, like this is the first audible that they've had to call essentially so far in week three. So yeah, there'll be more in the future. Shit happens, and yep, you just gotta adjust. But let I me, mean, I, I mean. People are probably wondering, like, wow, why you hate that SCU versus Best Friends <laughs> match so much? Because it was like going back, circle back to it. I had to talk about. I had to talk about this because it was just so frustrating. First of all, you have the uh, the Lucha Brothers attack Christopher Daniels, right? I don't know what what is going on. Maybe they're they're just building heat to the finals, SCU and Lucha Brothers. I'm guessing, um, or maybe Daniels is hurt and they had to do something here. But it was like. And then the like okay, I saw the angle. Now it's gonna now they're gonna be handicapped. Scorpius guys, I want to be in. Which Rick Knox just blew that. Like you know you do no 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 you can't no well, you do all right. <laughs> it was like so he was just not not experienced at this at this spot. And then out comes uh, the best friends, and it's like this is a spot for oh shit here comes these two badasses that come out right and now this these poor guys are one one partner is hurt and taken out the other partner's backs wrenched and then you have the you know the guy that's fresh but it just you know best friends come out and they're like and then no the best friends are they're a popular team right fans love them AEW fans love them they do well the live crowd loves them yeah the live crowd loves them you know their big spot, the match, right, is the big hug. Mm-hmm. Now the story of this match is that SCU is been, you know, their Daniels is hurt, Scorpius guy is, is is subbing in, right? They're the baby faces of this match, right? This that the story of the match is them, right? So what do they do when they do the best friend spot? <laughs> what you remember what happens here? Mm-mm. Scorpius guy breaks it up and gets booed up by the crowd. <laughs> Like you know, this is not knowing your crowd. I mean, like you think they do, maybe they 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 do know the crowd, but they didn't know it right at this moment. They they fucked that up. That was I was like going, oh my goodness, like what is going on? Mm-hmm. And then and then oh god, the finish, pfft, you know, they got botched. Before that, Dan Kazarian, who's been wrestling for a long time, tags Scorpio Sky while he's on the on the apron himself. Like that's. That's just lazy. And then the finish was botched. I was like, oh my god, what a perfect ending to this crap fest. <laughs> and then uh and then of course, then we lead into the Rio and Britt Baker. Ugh, that was bad. My gosh. I mean Rio is popular and I like the okay, finish. Okay, but well, what what do you what do you take out of that though? So okay, and, and I'll make this comparison again because I cause I I watch both shows and I watch Io Shirai and I'm like, this is the perfect women's wrestler in wrestling today Mm -hmm. so great and i see the crowd react to her and then i watch riho and i go she's not that good but whatever she has with that live crowd there's an it factor that they just love her to death and they are willing to see through 
some of the bad stuff in that match because you know her her and Britt were were not good together at all. But on one show, the, like you like you said, the finish was good. They cheer the hell out of this girl, and on the other show, it's just kind of part of this machine. And let's we we got that thing. Let's move on. And EO is twenty times better. Yeah, I mean EO is twenty times better. No no doubt about that. I mean. Eo's a heel, and, and you, you can't just flip her now, just because you know you're not you're not you're not trying to match AEW, you know, with what they're doing. I mean, they had they had this. Eo's been a heel for a while now, so you can't like always manage to switch her. But it's not even about switching. Like it's it okay. So maybe she's just not a good heel, and so but but she's not. She's a. I mean, she's she, natural she's, baby face. She's a natural baby face, but she's. I mean, she's an okay heel at the best. I you know. I, but yeah, she's for sure she should have been. But that but been. that to me that says that whether or not AEW lucked into this cuz cuz some of this has got to be luck. I can't, I don't imagine they thought Riho was going to be this beloved with this fan base. And but maybe they did. Maybe they figured that out very early on. But it's like you're you're in one company you are allowing something to breathe and to get over organically and on the other side you're trying to shoehorn this thing into a storyline or because she lost two matches as a babyface already you can't really put her back in and she's got to be di- like it just it just it, it, it's just a clear difference i'm not saying that the way wwe's doing it is bad i'm just saying if you compare those two acts and i think they are comparable one of them feels organic, and the other one feels forced. And the one that feels forced has the woman who's the way better wrestler, and it, it's it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see Eo's baby face personally. I mean, I I wouldn't have turned her. Her turn in NXT was actually really good. I don't know if you ever saw it, but the it was really good. So they already, like I said, she's always been heel for a while. Uh, I think she can flip and be popular as well it's you know she's def- you know they're building up to a big match with her and Rhea which next week I think it is right is that, that, the match? that that's gonna be so good <laughs> and it's a great match for Rhea to I assume is gonna be the one beating EO because we already see EO and Shayna for a while so you know they're building I'm looking forward to that that's a cool that's a good program to, you know coming up Shayna and Rhea is gonna be a lot of fun uh, but yeah this is the Britt Baker and Rio match Woo! yeah that was rough I mean what the I mean you can say communication issues, but like, come on! In this day and age, where they fucking go over the match like over a hundred times before the show starts, and there's communication issues, like it just they someone forgot something and it just fell apart. And Brit is very maybe not ready for TV or this moment, or maybe she got overwhelmed by the moment. Um, yeah, it was just uh, it was just like it was just bad. It was just like I said, this first hour was. Oh, it was it was like it's, it's like a tale of two shows. Like first hour, I couldn't stand, and then the second hour, I'm like, yeah, this is great. You know, I like this. What's going on here? The the thing with Brit is, I wish like I want to see her do the things that she can do well, so that it they look good. Because when she does stuff that she can't do well, like I think she had like a sling blade in there. Like if you can't do some of these other things well why do you do a sling blade of all you know not to say that moves like necessarily hard or anything but i just you know if 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 the like i would love to see her get back and riho too get back to some fundamentals you don't have to try to do all these crazy moves to match the dudes like 
if they slowed down a little bit and they did a you know they did a a, a very sort of generic match at least in the beginning you know with the headlock and and drop down and and that kind of stuff then maybe you get in a rhythm to where your communication and your rhythm is down and then you can do the harder stuff after but to go right into this crazy stuff and you guys are on not on the same page like i just wish they would like just slow down and go okay let's let's figure out the things that we can do well and let's do those and all these things that we're not sure like we don't have to do them until we can do them how about this error so they had this match here Britt Baker challenged for the championship, and later on they promote the next show in Pittsburgh. And one of the things they promote is Britt Baker will be returning to her hometown. Yeah, wouldn't you think that this match should have been put next week instead of this week? Well, maybe they wanted to lose. Maybe they want to be the anti WWE. Well, losing her hometown. Who? Ca- I mean, Jesus. They tell they tell the story right. It'd be fine, you know. Like I, I have no problem with losing your hometown, but like. But yeah, they told us nice story. She keep you know she gets caught like that, like like getting pinned like that. You know she got caught. She you know she you know she didn't get like flat out beat with the girl's finisher. Rio survived again. She that that's her gimmick, right? She uh, the the ninety eight pound wrestler that that survives all odds. So mm-hmm. I, I I could buy that if Britt lost that way. And maybe they, maybe they didn't want to have her stinker in her hometown. <laughs> yeah, that that too. No, no, I just I didn't think. Or that. maybe I, they maybe they didn't want Rio to be booed. And I don't think she would be, but maybe maybe in Pittsburgh. I don't maybe. think that fan base. I think they would have not only cheered her, but also Britt. And I think it would have had a special moment, special feel to that match even more if it was Britt in her hometown channeling, cha- uh, challenging for the championship. Yeah, I mean. Sorry, I, I had a little I, bit of Jack Daniels candy, so I'm a little. <laughs> Jack Daniels candy. <laughs> a little fired up. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, a couple other things that I noticed. Um, okay. I was wrong on Darby Allen. Not to say that he's the best fundamental wrestler in the world or or whatever, but I definitely understand um, what people and fans and what they see in him. Like there's a charisma to him. Um, there is a there's an athleticism to him. The fans get behind him. And, you know, he's in there with one of the masters of Jericho, who's, you know, doing his best to get this dude over like like crazy. The one thing that someone posted uh, on a on a I think it was a meme. Do you remember the kid on like one of the original YouTube memes where this this woman interviews him and she's like, I forget where they are. And he's like, I like turtles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like they, there's a picture of the I like turtles guy. And then there's a picture of Darby Allen. And they're like, the I like turtles guy has grown up because <laughs> yeah. he kind of looks the same. But I get the appeal. Like, you know, obviously Jericho's, you know, making him look like a million bucks. But I do get it now. I don't I don't know if I necessarily got it from last week or even in his pay-per-view stuff. But I think I get it now. I, I get what they see in him because I think we had said, we're like, why is Darby Allen in these spots when you have someone like the Jungle Boy? And now I understand. Like, not saying that he's better than Jungle Boy or he's going to be a bigger star than Jungle Boy, but I get what they see in him. And, and uh, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm totally in on him, even though I, you know, I may have been a little hard on Darby Allen in the past. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm with you on that. Same here. Same here. Um, I like this match. I like Darby Allen. I think he like he said he has something about him. I like this. I just like to see the kid get some size. Um, 
in the near future. I also like to see him cut back on some of the wild bumps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no need to kill yourself every match. Of course, this match is a big match for him. It's the biggest match of his career, so I understand what he's doing here. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was a really good match. My only frustration, well, there's two frustrations I was a little upset about. Jericho does not need Jake Hager to come out <laughs> and win this match. That, that like, that like kind of took me out of like what I was watching. Uh, but you, you you could see it from Jericho's perspective though, right? He's like, I don't want to beat this guy. I you know I, I still want you know I've been putting this guy over the whole match, and I want I still want to win by you know shenanigans or whatever because it makes him look stronger. And though I kind of agree in that he was already as strong as possible, but in 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 a sense, what it does is. It gets that inner circle thing because, you know, Hager's the only one, I think, out of all those guys. Or actually, Guevara wasn't on the show either. But, you know, you you had Ortiz and Santana on, you had Jericho on, and it just sort of establishes that heel group a little bit. But I, I pretty much agree with you. I, it, it didn't it didn't need to happen that way uh, to end the match because I thought he was he, he was doing such a good job anyways. There's a lot that didn't need to happen this match. First of all, it doesn't have to just because they're in Philadelphia it doesn't have to be a Philadelphia street fight. You know, I think, I think I think it worked though. It doesn't need to be at this point. Like this is the first match between these two. Like let them have a good match. Let Jericho do his thing. Let Darby Allen because Darby Allen's a successful, has some great offense. But but I want I do wonder if again in trying to show the strengths of what you have, putting him in a match where you know maybe maybe the 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 rules are or and the limitations are off it allows him to do a crazier match which helps him get over and maybe if they do a normal match he's not as good or maybe that's their thinking going in and they just don't trust that yet but i mean i totally get what you're saying too but i'm trying to think from their perspective why they would have made it that way yeah like i, I can't figure it out why they do i me i think a little more long term with my booking like i would always think like what I could have in my pocket for future, what I want to build to. Mm-hmm. And I would like, okay, if this was me, when the, I remember, I think I posted on our Facebook group this week, like just the other day, we like, I mean, on Tuesday, I was like, I didn't realize this is a Philadelphia tree fight. I thought it was just a regular championship match. And uh, the reason that being said, I was kind of shocked by that because going in, I already know what this is going to be. I expect Jericho is going to, you know, carry this kid and the kid's gonna stand out because he has a lot of sens- sensational offense like he has that charisma that people want to root for him like i i felt already before this match is you know just i, f- I felt this match was gonna get over anyways I th- yeah you know and i think you know darby allen's stuff is that crazy stuff right that's part of his you know that well, that's what he had his most um what he's known for the spots the craziness so you know given that if you build to that match down the line and people remember oh yeah i remember he took chris jericho to the limit in a regular match but now he's now jericho's going to his world right and then he could pull out like this could be an this could have been a pay-per-view match if you build it up correctly with the with this big step right mm-hmm. i just think they kind of like this is this is why i talk about the hot shotting of stuff like i thought this was kind of a little bit of a hot shot to add that stipulation and let Darby do his crazy stuff. It's like he could have he could have a good wrestling match without doing crazy stuff because he he does crazy bumps in general just in regular. You know he doesn't need being his hand uh, the, cuffed behind his back and all that kind of stuff. You know he I've seen him do it before with chains and stuff. I mean handcuffed and you know and, and like anything that didn't evolve and stuff. And it's crazy then, but like save that for later on on a bigger match, a pay per view match. And this is a big match. Like, don't get me wrong, but like. 
I assume they're going to be around for a while, so just kind of like like you got to set things up for the future, you know. All right, before we move on to NXT, I did watch the AEW dark match between Kenny Omega and Joey Janela, and the feedback um, that I had heard, one of them was from our our buddy Nick Mahmood. He said, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of understand why you know they they go right directly to this to this uh, hardcore match when you know there's sort of no build to it and and he thought the the crowd you know there there was, since there was no build it's just a match um but he didn't say whether it was good or not and then i heard other people say that it was so good hmm. and so i kind of went in there going okay i have to watch it you know and so i understand you know omega's the storyline is you know omega's got to get into moxley's world and he's gonna get there by you know beating janela who's who's very much in that craziness world the problem that i had with it overall you know overall's fun there was fun stuff um, but two things, the two things that I had, problems that I had with it is one, you know, it's a dark match and, and Kenny Omega's doing all of this really risky stuff. Um, and, and, you know, he's going to be in the main event in three weeks. Like, he, you know, he's taking all these crazy bumps. But the second thing is, this is very, not, not, not as bad as the Marco stunt thing, but I just don't buy Janela as someone who should go 30 minutes with Omega. Like he's not Kazuchika Okada. He's not... Naito, he's not Ishii, he's Joey Janela. So <laughs> I get it, you're going into Joey Janela's world, but did this thing have to go 30 minutes because you could have did a 17-minute match or a 15-minute match, and Janela, because it's his world, he gets a little bit more than he should. But I thought Omega should have just beaten him a little bit more decisively. I, You know, look, looks aren't everything, but Janela can barely fill his tights and he's you know he, he's not the you know the, the quintessential you know guy who omega has had to face recently and i just i just didn't really buy janella in that role and uh, that hurt the match for me though like i said it was fun and it was it, it for that audience i'm sure it was a very beloved match i don't know i thought the crowd was pretty cold to it they're just kind of like just you know they would react to the stunts but they weren't really like into the match itself uh, it was a cold match. That's, that's straight up. It's just a cold match. It's yeah, just, it, there it, was there was a dead crowd for a lot of that match. Yeah, they're just setting stuff up. People are sitting on their their hands, and then when they did something crazy, they cheered. And I was frustrated with a lot of stuff. First of all, like I'm like, why would they have their one of their top guys be put in this cold match with these dangerous stunts for no reasons at all? Like I would have been okay if they just had a regular match right but maybe they can't because Joe Janelle can't work you know maybe that's the reason why as he has to do this kind of match because he's not that good and I, I mean, said I said that and then our buddy Nick says he's actually seen Janela in regular matches and he's he's fine and I'm sure other people have as well we, I, I am not one to go out of my way to, to find these things but I, I've heard from people that you know Janela's fine now my thing is, well, Wolf, he's fine. Why does he got to wrestle the way that he wrestles? But, you know, whatever. That's just a taste thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a taste thing. But, no, I mean, there's there is obviously there's obviously thing that stood out to me why I know he can't work, like how he feeds the people. Not how he feeds the people. Not how he feeds the people. He just stands there. Mm-hmm. That's his feeding. Just sitting there. Like, like uh, there's one spot where Jericho just does a, a drop kick to the top of the back of the head to, uh, to Janela. And he doesn't, like, sell up and feed into it. No, he just turns back looks the other way 
Come on, hurry up. It's like multiple times, multiple times. I'm just like pulling my hair out. I'm like, dude, this guy is not that good. What do people see in this guy? But he, he's a smart businessman. You know, yep, he knows yep. his audience. He knows his audience and he caters to them and they love him. And God bless him for that. But like, man, man, he's just when it, you know, he's not that good of a wrestler. And I'm just, I'm, and I'm just watching this match. And like you, I'm like, dude, Jer- Omega should blitz this dude. This is the superstar Saturday morning squash match for Omega, in my opinion, right? That's what it should be. Yeah. And it was just and and then the, the the bumps he's taking, Omega's taking, like like you know, on the backside of the table, like who knows what can go wrong with that, you know? Like it's 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 just very dangerous and I and you know, Omega's cut up and like I said, like he, he has a pay per view in a couple weeks, a big match, a match mm-hmm. that that matches people are already disappointed it didn't happen last pay per view, right? Yep. So now you're putting your 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 guy in this your big guy in this match and he can whatever he falls and breaks an arm or something like that. Now he's out of that match. Now Mox is now we gotta figure out something Mox to do with that show. You know? mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. just too much of a risk without an reward of this match. Alright, so quickly the uh some of the things that uh I liked and disliked about NXT. Uh I thought the match quality was really solid again. I really liked that tag match. Um, between Imperium and, and uh, uh, Birchall and Lorcan. That was a really, really fun match. Um, I, I liked Lee and Dijakovic for what it was, uh, but I understand why Roddy decides to intervene in this match. You know, it's the normal sort of heel thing. Oh, the heel tries to outsmart the babyface, but the commissioner is already up his ass. Did he think that Regal was going to was going to be okay with this and not want to screw him after he takes dream out like i get it this is wrestling but i thought that was a little bit overboard obviously getting into that three-way that three-way is going to be really good so i understand why they why they did that i just wonder if there was a more creative way to get there rather than the same old situation that we always go through when it comes to this stuff what needed to happen there is this is where I talk about where promo time needs to happen, right? More live promos. Rigo comes out with Ronaldo. He announces that Keith Lee and Dijakovic is going to be now the winner of this match, will be the number one contender for the North American title and be in that spot next week that Dream had, who's now, who's now is uh, injured and can't wrestle. This is where Strong comes out and confronts Regal, right? And gets in his face and gets upset. And Rico's, I, I, I don't think that happened. I think it was just announced, and he walked off, right? Yeah, yeah. And this, you know, this he showed that, and then then later on he comes out and he try he takes out both men to be like, haha, no one won, and 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 no one's gonna, I'm 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 not gonna wrestle next week, and all of a sudden, you know, it's gonna be a triple threat, and adds a little more to it, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I, like like NXT, like like we talked about last week, it's it's you're gonna get a good wrestled show. It's gonna be the the best wrestling show of the two you know right now i think you know all the matches are pretty solid i love that tag match too that tag match, i love, really love imperium as i've talked about the last couple weeks like they're just so cool and i feel like they're special and they're all good uh fabian eigner just he's he's like uh just like he's like that you know i think he's a guy that some young kids could be, get behind like that just that that, that juggernaut kind of the guy of the team right and uh marcel bartel i think is is a future superstar if they if they if he can branch out i have like a really good storyline i could do with those guys <laughs> if mm-hmm. I, you know i've been thinking about for a while um um yeah and i and i like the brit nam uh 
Express, I call them, right? I think the Britain and Bruisers or whatever their name is. But uh, they're like a like they're like a team I would totally dig as a kid too. Like the, the rough and tough. I like those guys. Those guys are awesome. And you know, Priest and Dunn was good. Um, I like enjoyed the squash with Champa. I thought it was. <laughs> What'd you think about Champa kneeing the uh, the pants of uh, Garza? Well, I didn't even realize this, but. Big Dave mentioned it. Uh, he slapped his knee. He slapped his leg when he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing what happened here is Garza was supposed to stay for the second knee. Mm. He took the knee and he bumped out. And so I think, I think you know, Ciampa was like, what the hell? But then he had, <laughs> then he decided to have a little, be fun, a little cute with it and a little too cute. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the, the, I enjoyed the stomps of the pants and, I would have just done the stomps and thrown it right back at him, you know, but he was just, you know, clowning at that point. But, um, but yeah, that's what I think that happened there. Um, Riddle and Bronson Reed was good. I just, I just wish it wasn't Bronson that had to lose at this point. Um, I like the squash, you know, between Killing Dane and Killing Down. I, I like it. I like that guy a lot. He's, he's, he has something about him too. So they have a lot, a lot of good acts and a lot of good young talent and, they just got to get more exposure to this national audience, and hopefully people will tune in. Uh, by the way, I think Dream's got a bit of a back injury, which is why they're doing that angle with him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. All right. So what I didn't like, um, I already mentioned the Chiampa thing. And not that I didn't like it. I just would have done it a little bit differently. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm into thinking that he's the, he's a big star, and, and they need to really push him. Um, the other thing about this show, and this is more of a thing about the show overall than this particular show, they got to get Beth Phoenix out of there. She, when whenever the heel does something to the baby face and she goes, come on, it's like nails on the chalkboard for me. I, I'm like ready to throw my iPad against the wall when I hear that. Um, not, not, and look, I, I'm sure she, she doesn't even talk that much. She, she probably knows that, you know, that the two guys have really good chemistry and she's still trying to fit in and fit in where she, she comes in best, but man, she needs to, she needs to change some of the things that she does. Cause it's, I, I think it ruins that team, which should be like an awesome, awesome team. Yeah. She has that same, that same feeling I had when Renee Young was doing, you know, color with on raw, like she, every time she chimed in, it was just, it just, it was like the wrong time or just, it was like nails on chalkboard. Beth has a little bit of credibility because she was actually in the ring and, 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 a, and a champion. So, but I think she's all, like you said, like she's, I always can tell like when she's like a little late to chime in and, and, and stepping on some toes a little bit. And, but unfortunately <laughs> as, as much, I would like to see just Ronaldo and Nigel do their thing. Cause I think they're great. It's just, they're, they're always going to do a three man, three man booth. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I know what you're saying though. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. As far as what else I had an issue with, um, so you know, you you just talked about uh, promo time, and you know they gave Shayna a little bit of it, but it just felt like it was like a rushed segment, like because Tegan Knox is back, um, mm-hmm. and, and and she wins a match against uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Tynara. Tynara who's not good. Um, and and so, you know, she's back. There's her comeback match. And, you know, here comes big the big bad wolf, Shayna. And I was, like, waiting for her to just... I mean, she, she, had, she had a couple good lines. But I was waiting for something to happen. 
And then it was really quick and they walked away. And I was like, oh, are they rushed for time? Like, what's going on? But maybe that was just what it was. But I wanted to see Shana get a little bit more time than that. Cause, or Tegan. They, they need to have some back and forth. Yeah, both. Both of them, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so so that was, that was I think that was mostly it. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? I think that was it. I uh, it was in it's an easy NXT is generally easy to watch. Again, I wish they didn't do the overrun. I think that's silly. Um it's a, it's easier to watch show at 2 at 1 hour than it is at 2, but it doesn't flow badly at 2. Uh, I just wish things would stand out a little bit more than they do. Yeah. I mean, I th- oh, I mean, thank God for that second hour of AEW. But overall, it was a fun night of wrestling. Like I said, that first hour was, and I didn't even talk about the LAX or Santana Ortiz squash match. Like those guys have obviously, I don't think ever worked a squash match. Don't I work a squash match? They did some cool moves, but they're a badass heel team now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying don't do your cool moves because you know that <laughs> you should. But like stuff like the uh, moment where uh, was it Santana or no Ortiz is like scratches the back and acts like a cat and the people laugh <laughs> like fuck that shit man like <laughs> like scratches back kick him in the head beat him boot him like 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 get some like be badasses don't try to like do some comedy bullshit man like look at Killian Dane dude did he fucking do comedy bullshit now he came out and fucking mauled that dude poor Boa who looks like a pretty good athlete, but you know, <laughs> but Boa got Boa. I'm glad he gave Boa a couple kicks and some offense. But uh, yeah, he got mauled and destroyed, and and it, it's a big difference. Like I I get like letting your talent have some freedom and and giving them a little more of that. Maybe don't be overly produced, like the people say that people in WWE are so overly produced. But at the same time, like maybe you need a guy that's gonna overly produce this segment with these guys because mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't want them fucking around. You want them to like, hey man, this is your time on TV. This just sorry, hit the bike. This is your time on TV. <laughs> fired up. I'm fired, fired up. I'm I'm, I'm full blood Italian. My hands are going crazy, man. <laughs> uh, I talk to my hands, and um, you know, you know, go out there, get heat, get over, and yeah. It just, it's just like I said, the whole first hour, <laughs> Garrett. God, I wish we watched this together. Well, I mean, you know, you know, I think you know I lost, what? It, like. Have my hair, <laughs> but but you know to an extent, right? Like NXT is a very well produced show. Like that thing is sharp. They're always on their cues. The guys are always in the right place. And AEW is not there yet. It's but at the by the same token, it seems organic at the same time. Where you know because sometimes we'll talk about these um, these ninety three Raws and things aren't as polished as they are now and and sometimes they're fun like it's fine and i think aew is in a, in a little bit of that same spot where you know things are not like so glossy and so uh perfectly timed and well produced but because we see that on wwe all the time it stands out and not in necessarily a bad way it shows that they're different and sometimes it allow like you know the real thing like it allows her to connect in some way with this audience which works to her advantage and in some cases it may not work obviously but they're gonna learn from those mistakes but the show just feels more like they're trying stuff and they're um taking risks and they're putting people out there who may not be completely ready whereas nxt everyone that they put on tv is pretty much tv ready for that show they may not be tv ready for raw but they're pretty. They're 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 very well 
in that WWE ecosystem. They're they're very ready for TV. Can we get uh, some AEW cameramen to actually catch some of these exciting moves? Like I know they miss so much stuff, especially my boy Jungle Boy. Man. <laughs> like like he does that moonsault. That's like his one of his big moments of the match, and it's just all you see him just falling to the side. It's like I know, man, come I know. on, man. I know. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. That's what, that's what JR calls him. And he J- should. JR calls him JR calls him by the full name. You know why? So many AEW people get pissed too. You know why the fans. Do you know why he does that? Because he sees him as a main eventer. Yeah, no, yeah. I think so. He even said that on Twitter today. Yeah, he sees him as a main eventer, and Jungle Boy is great starting out, but and you can keep Jungle Boy as your as your as your nickname, but as you move the main events, man, you got to be Jack Perry, and I, I think I think it's great. It's a good thing for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, we were. I was gonna. I had on the on our little rundown. I had some uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling stuff plus the Stardom news, but you know it, the the New Japan show is is a little bit old news now. It was last weekend. It was cool. It wasn't you know it wasn't great. It didn't stand out too much, um, and it was it was fun. It's worth watching if you have the time. Uh, but, uh, but we're going to pass on that and, and, uh, you know, we'll have a lot of time to talk about New Japan coming up because we're going to actually be going to a live show pretty soon here. Um, but the stardom news is that, you know, the parent company, Bushi Road, uh, a sort of the subsidiary of that company, which also runs the kickboxing group that they own, bought stardom. New Japan Pro Wrestling did not buy stardom. They are going to be separate entities, but that's kind of been the news out there in Japan that people have been waiting for. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting, and they're going to keep it separate. But I think I think you're going to see some women's matches on some big cards. You know, I, I like they're if, doing two dome shows this year. Like they can't throw <laughs> one match on each card to kind of break some of the stuff up. I think even a main man, Heartbreak Kid, uh, Dave Rubio said the same thing. Like on our our little group message, like I, I think it's okay to. Like I said, like on a, on a Tokyo Dome, uh, a G1, you know, finals, maybe twice a year or something like that. I mean, they, they definitely have their thoughts about where, uh, <coughs> excuse me, where women's wrestling exists because they're like, look, we have women's wrestling companies. We don't have to add women's wrestling to our program just to have women's wrestling. Like we, there are companies who have women's wrestling. So... I mean, I, I think I'd, I'd be fine with it too. And and if you know if there's like a really great match that they can put on, go for it. Like put it on the Tokyo Dome show. Uh, but it just hasn't really been their philosophy. So yeah, I, I just I mean, like I said, I don't want to see it on every show because then after every show it won't be a special. But um, but I think like I said, for big shows, I, I'm I'm cool with it. Okay, so quickly, uh, MMA show, UFC fight night. There's actually I think there's a PFL show on tonight. Which uh, I didn't hear too much about, but I know um, I know last week uh, there there were some tournament matches where they were, they were trying to build up Kayla Harrison and uh, Sarah Kaufman, but mm-hmm. then Kaufman lost, so oh, man. they're not they're not going to get to have that that title Jason, match. Jason's on it tonight, though. I've been oh yeah, following yeah. His, following his Twitter on that. Yeah, J- our, our 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 buddy who used the formerly known as. To dirty white boy, but now he's just Jason Hagholm because he's a very professional guy. Now he was hammering me about about the Marco stunt thing today. By the way, just <laughs> hammering me. I'm like, dude, you don't need to tag me in a tweet that you're sending that you're retweeting from Brian Alvarez. Uh, I don't have to agree. Dirty but, uh, white boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, UFC show Friday night. This actually is going to be a pretty fun show, and I think 
this show on a Friday night where uh, I might have a little bit of free time uh, and, and, you know, going head up against uh, against SmackDown. But from Boston, uh, from the TD Garden, uh, UFC Fight Night on ESPN2, main event, Dominic Reyes against Chris Weidman, which Weidman is a name. Dominic Reyes is kind of someone that they're that they're building up. I didn't. What I didn't realize is uh, I don't know if, if this is Weidman's first fight at light heavyweight since he changed divisions or not. But um, he may have had another one. But he's fighting at light heavy. He's given up a couple inches uh, inches to Reyes, and uh, that should be interesting. We'll see. You see what Weidman has left because if he wins, you know you, he could probably get a shot at John Jones just because of name value. I don't think he's going to beat John Jones, but you know he'll probably get a shot because John doesn't really have any anybody else. Um, and then uh, we get the rematch of Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens, the match that ended in the, was it the eye poke, right? Yeah, some it was like funky eye poke, yeah, if I remember correctly. Uh, Greg Hardy is going to fight, <laughs> so get ready to boo your TV. Um, Joe Lozon fights. There's a women's match with uh, Macy Barber and uh, Julian Robertson and the guy who beat uh, our, our good pal Filthy Tom at uh, in the Golden Boy uh, pay-per-view. Darren Wynn, he fa- he's he's opening the show. So, you know, boo we, Darren Wynn. Boo yeah, Darren Wynn. boo boo that man. Um, he's uh, yeah, he but he he's he's so interesting because he's just like a sh- like a, a short like fire hydrant yeah. kind of guy. No, he's a, he's a he's a top prospect for sure. He also, um, I think he helps Daniel Cormier uh, coach at Gilroy High. Yay, D- Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> Got your local boys on, I guess. Um, yeah, so uh, interesting. Should be fun. I think the Friday night thing kind of makes it a little bit more interesting because Saturday, you know, we're kind of out and about with families and stuff. So maybe Friday night have a little bit of a better opportunity to watch this show. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a give it the old DVR record and later that night after the kids go to bed and everyone kind of settles down and maybe I'll pop in some MMA. It's been a little while since I've seen... God, I'm trying to remember the last time I was at Big Days watching the fight. I don't mm-hmm. even remember the fight, but uh, check out some on, fights again. And then on the boxing side, again tomorrow night. So I'm gonna have like dueling things to watch if I can find the time. Um, and this is on ESPN, so this is why the UFC show is probably on ESPN two, which is top rank boxing coming from Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. is where AEW uh, was just at. Um, Alexander Vosdick against Arthur Biterbiev uh, uh, is a it's a light heavyweight unification match, and you know for folks who don't follow boxing, I don't think they'll really know who these guys are. But for the hardcores, this is like one of the fights of the year. Like this is like you know when you talk about building up towards you know best fighter versus best fighter in each division, like th- this is like one of those kind of fights. So I'm really interested to see this. Um, I don't I don't know about the quality of of the undercard and I'm not exactly sure what ESPN is showing but that's uh, that's a really good fight if you want to talk about you know the creme de la creme uh, you know out of, out of the top three or four guys in, in the light heavyweight division uh, these two are, are right there so that'll be fun and uh, and so you'll have stuff to watch Friday but I don't I don't know what what's going on Saturday what I, I don't there's nothing WWE related is there I, got, I, can't a kid, even I got a kid's birthday party in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, you know, because our weekends usually are so busy with all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a free weekend every once in the blue moon. 
And then I'm going to figure out that there's some pay-per-view that I didn't even realize was, was on, on on Saturday or Sunday. You're not watching CMLL or something like I that, know. right? I know. ROH is having a show. <laughs> All right, so let's get to our 1993 Raw review to wrap up this show, which is the summit between the Macho Man Randy Savage and Crush, which is uh, a pretty good darn good angle um at the end of the show and you know the entire show is built to this moment because there are like nothing but squash matches on this show there's no competitive match um and and it just builds to the main event segment which is uh which is crush and savage having their conversation about their friendship which i didn't even realize it really existed um okay so this one comes from the mid hudson civic center um, they're, they're building up to the summit. The, uh, the, the intro video is all about previous summits like, uh, Gorbachev and, uh, Kennedy and, or no, Gorbachev and Reagan. And I forget the guy that, that Kennedy had, ha, uh, was talking to from Russia. So they're building it up as this big summit, which is kind of funny, but also kind of cool at the same time because they're, you know, they're putting some oomph behind it and, and wrapping the whole show around it. So the first match is the return of the Steiner brothers against PJ Walker and Tony DeVito, though he's announced as PJ Walker, but Vince keeps calling him something else throughout the whole match. Corey student. He really liked Corey student. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. Yeah. And no one's correct. No one's going to correct Vince. Yeah. Bobby to jump in there and make a slight comment, but he never did. And, uh, my buddy, big D, he was watching some of the some of this '93 stuff, and he was mentioning when uh, I think this was a segment from a couple weeks ago where Vince was doing the interview with IRS, and he instead of calling him Mister Shyster, he keeps calling him Mister Rotunda. Yeah, remember yeah. when we talked about that? Yeah. So there's you know Vince is, Vince has got a lot of stuff on his mind at this point, and uh, you know he's dealing with something that's a little bit bigger than uh, than his show. Yeah, that, that was it was funny. This match was you know it's a classic. Classic Steiners, all the big moves. Um, the Steiner screwdriver looked freaking nasty. Oh my god, that was awesome! That was the best time. I think it's the best it ever looked. The uh, so we you know we always talk about how the head shrinkers squash matches are so great. Like this was at that level. Like Scott was on fire in this match. Full Nelson suplex. Yeah, dragon suplex. Yeah. The uh, the Okada level. I mean, not not Okada level, but near Okada level for such a big dude. Like he got up on that drop kick, and then you mentioned the the screwdriver, um, and then you know, and then it was the the bulldog uh, that w- was the finish. But man, Scott was like, I watched Scott, and I was like, God, how did how how did this guy? You know, not become like like one of the best you know baby faced uh, singles wrestlers uh, ever. Just or watching this match, have, oh, I think he's just pretty much kind of an asshole kind of attitude. I think he would have probably. Yeah, you know, actually, we saw his big pop and pump. You know, but I mean, he's a heel though too. Yeah, no, he was a great as that, but only oh yeah, by the time he did that, he was already broken down a lot. Yeah, he didn't have, he didn't have the athleticism anymore. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's a running thing for the entire show, which is so classless that it is amazing. Uh, not really amazing. This is st- this is Vince McMahon, but they do this 900 number on Shawn Michaels and whether or not he should be let off of suspension. You can actually vote 
yes or no to let Sean back in the WWE. They are making money off of a fake suspension where they are clearly bringing this dude back. Wrestling, man. Oh, my God. And then they do this segment where Diesel and Mr. Perfect are arguing pro or con whether or not he should come back. Like, it's so stupid, but, I mean. The, the best part of it is that the picture where you say vote, vote yes, Sean is smiling. <laughs> but then the picture of him of voting no is him pouty face. That, that was funny. My buddy, uh, Brandon Draven, when I was telling him that we were that we were talking about this part, he's like, yeah. He's like, at this point... Sean was on a diet of pancakes and pills. <laughs> yeah, he got uh, he got pretty 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 big there in '93. All right, so the next match is IRS against Scott Taylor. Um, IRS wins with that beautiful lariat, which to Vince always seems like a surprise that it's the finish. Like every time he gets the three count, Vince is like one, two, and he got him. Like it's so, so surprising. We just like, saw dude, I get bulldogged at the top. <laughs> <laughs> But he wait, but this is his finner. He wins with it every week or every time he's on the show. Yeah, I like I like that. I love that clothesline by Rotunda or IRS. Dude, it always, it's awesome. Cause it looks like he just soars. Like he looks like he just like glides for a while then connects. It always looks perfect. So uh Jeff Jarrett is about to come in. He's uh getting he's healing on Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh and what was interesting about this pre-tape is Jarrett is not perfect on this pre-tape, and I wonder why they didn't have him do it again. Like, there, I wonder if there were some bad takes in there or something, because he does have, like, a misstep, mm-hmm. but then he just keeps on going and he, and he finishes it. I was like, oh, I wonder if he like, had some bad ones, and they were just like, dude, let's just get – this one's fine. Bro, that's the best we can do. And also, they haven't figured out he's double J yet. He's double JJ. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, was- like, all they kind of tweak it as they go. So uh, there's a little bit of a build to Tatanka and Ludwig, Ludwig Borga, which is going to happen on Superstars. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, at first it was Lex and Borga, and now, you know, it's Tatanka is facing him. So building to, to Lex, obviously. But yeah. Um, so Tatanka has a match with Iron Mike Sharp. Um, and during this match, we had talked about this last week where Savage went on Radio WWF and like just went off on Hogan. And he goes off on Hogan again, and he's just, you know, I forget the names that he calls them, but he's he's like, you know, you, if you want to meet me or whatever. Backstabber. Yeah, backstabber. Um, Tatanka wins the match, beats Iron Mike Sharp. But I thought it was pretty interesting that, because I didn't remember this, like when I was, you know, watching this back in the day, I didn't remember Savage going offensive on Hogan. But during this time, um, right around this time, maybe even the week earlier, Mr. Nanny opens. So Hogan's doing tons of media, right? And so I think um, I think Meltzer writes in, in one of the following, or one of the upcoming observers, that um, it was actually a setup. Like they were trying to set up Hogan to go blindly on the radio, and that's why Savage was calling him out. And then they were going to have Hogan call in and not really understand what mm-hmm. he was calling in for. And to have Savage just, you know, obliterate him, maybe Vince is thinking like, oh, you know, this is a – Hogan will see that this is a smart way to get to get him to come back and have a match or something. I, I don't know. It, didn't, it, it was kind of like, why would Hogan want to do business with these guys anymore? They're just like slamming him, you know, slandering his name. Well, I think it's like with Hogan and Savage, like they had their ups and downs, but they always were – always 
or we're gonna be business together, do business together. So because they always they were always successful when they did business together. So, but this one just seems a little bit personal. I was yeah. like, mm. I don't remember this either. Like I remember the radio WF stuff, like reading about it later on, but I don't remember like this moment. I probably didn't understand. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you know, I, I, probably, know. I know. I was probably like, what is that against Hogan? <laughs> So next is the Survivor Series report with our boy Joe Fowler. Uh, it's Thanksgiving Eve. They make some match announcements. You got the All-Americans, Luger, Tatanka, and the Steiners versus the Foreign Fanatics, Yoko, Borga, and the Quebecers. And you know what? I'm kind of excited to match now. <laughs> like, I'm watching this, uh, this uh, Survivor Series report. And I'm like, I'm actually interested to see this match because we've been watching this stuff and all those guys are, you know, outside of Ludwig Borga, like, you know, everyone else is pretty much on fire with the company right now. So I think it'd be fun. Yeah, but some things change on that match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, I, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from any spoilers, even though this stuff is uh, so many years old. Yeah. Um, and so uh, next match they announce is Hart, Fan- Hart Family, Brett Owen, Bruce and Keith versus The King and his Knights which I know also changes. Hmm. Um, Stu is supposedly in the Hart family corner. And the uh, the great Rick Holmes is is announced for this show. The great late Rick the, Rick Holmes. The late great Rick Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Tragic end to that poor guy. And so Joe Fowler's got an earpiece in. He's like, oh, we got to get back to Raw. Crush's, Crush has arrived, and, and he, 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 we got to get back. And so they show Crush. He's talking to the brain, and the brain's trying to shoo away the camera so that they could talk in private. Um, next match is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Dennis Diamond, not related to Dustin Diamond. At least I hope not. Um, and uh, so they're doing the poll during this match, and 65% of the fans don't <laughs> want Shawn Michaels to come back. <laughs> so Bigelow, Bigelow wins with the slingshot dive over the top rope. Uh, to show off his athleticism for being such a big dude, uh, and he wins the match. I want to see the numbers of the 900 like stuff. Like how many people actually called. called in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one or just any one. Like how many people actually called the wrestling hotline? I mean, you're treating you're treating the fans like idiots at this point with this thing. <laughs> so yeah. then, so then, uh, so then Diesel. Diesel's, uh, I think Vince is talking to him, and Diesel is uh, basically giving out the numbers for people to call, and he's trying to rig it. He's trying to reverse the numbers so that the people who want to vote no are actually voting yes, which was actually pretty funny, but Vince didn't realize it until the end, so he basically sold it at the very end, but uh, but Diesel was actually uh, kind of showing a little bit of personality that we, we would see he's later like, in his he's, career. He's like still coming out of that Vinny Vegas like yeah. something for Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, he's a little awkward there, but yeah, but you can see the Kevin Nash humor coming out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the summit begins. Crush comes out with Mr. Fuji, who he calls Master Fuji. Uh, Crush cuts kind of a bad promo to start this thing. He looked really nervous. Like he had he had the fire and he had like you could tell the anger behind his words, but he didn't he didn't they didn't come out very well. He didn't take a beat. He kept going too fast with it. He's like, I know. He, he, you know this is his biggest thing he's done in wrestling, right? Yeah. This is his biggest angle. Um, I know he was with Demolition, but all that stuff was kind of like you know not going. The last long, but this that, like, that, that's pretty interesting though because I don't remember if they mentioned that he previously had a relationship with Fuji. No, he didn't, which I thought he should have. Like you know, this man, 
you know, I've I know this man. He should have mentioned like the some kind of history, like you know, this man has before. He's he's never, yeah. He's never steered me wrong before, and but you know, it's totally. also the same guy that not try to kill him too, like Azuna, <laughs> So exactly. Um, so he says that he and Savage were best friends. They were riding up and down the road together. Blames Savage for not saving him from all the bonsai drops from Yoko on that one raw that uh, that, that that they had that match. He told Savage to stay out of his life and stay out of his way. So Savage gets in there, and basically he's trying to get a handshake from Crush. He's trying to get Crush to realize that you know that 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 those things were not were not true though. Savage doesn't really like state his case necessarily. Like he's not trying to get Crush. He's not trying to say, look, you know, because you remember like um, Hogan and Orndorff and Hogan and and Andre. Like Hogan was trying to reason, just be like, don't let like these outsiders you know get between us and you know these guys are lying and and you know blah 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 like savage didn't really try to do that he's just like just let's just be a man man to man let's shake the hand and then so finally shakes his hand and uh savage opens the ring ropes for him so he can come out they go out of the ring crush raises his hand and then starts the beat down Press slams him and drops him on the guardrail. Sort of reminded me of Savage Steamboat from uh, from that angle where he, you know, Savage's larynx gets crushed, as as Vince, Vince said. He didn't say that Savage swallowed his tongue, but supposedly Savage had a tongue laceration in this uh, out of this. So Yoko comes out. Um, he uh, uh, Crush r- runs him into the post. Savage's mouth is bleeding. His forehead is bleeding. Yoko hits one one bonsai drop. But then the officials pull him out, uh, officially a lacerated tongue, and that is the angle. Yeah, I, I mean, Savage really saved this angle. I mean, I mean, Crush was he was doing okay. Like I was giving him pass because I I could I could feel he was nervous, so he's going fast. And the Savage gets in there, and he was just amazing. And I know what you're saying. Like he didn't state his case, but you remember what he was saying to Crush? He was like. Let's get out of here. Let's you and me talk. Yeah, let's talk about it after. Like, I like that. That's that's realistic. Like, you know, like like things don't happen. Should happen in real life. We would not happen in that ring if you had an issue between you and I. We wouldn't be like, let's talk about it here in front of the whole yeah. world. Let's go back, you and me, best friends. Let's talk about this, and we'll clear up whatever issues we have. I, I dug it. I dug that, and I dug the angle. I. What did you think about revealing the Fuji thing right away? What do you mean? I thought maybe he should came be out there with bobby but not fuji and i think they could have still done the angle where you know he takes out savage drops it on the guardrail puts a beating on it he's all bloody and then walks out and then the next show on raw crush comes out first and then soon after that out comes fuji and yokozuna and they can do and, and jim Cornette, and they can do like you know the official like I'm joining with these guys kind of stuff. You know, I think for next, next yeah. Week. I mean, I mean that's how they would usually would do that thing because then you know you would crush would come out to start the show and then you know oh this is who was behind it. It wasn't only him. It was you know I remember yeah. the the him dropping Savage on the guardrail part, but I didn't remember Fuji being out there in the beginning. And I thought that was like oh that's that's just like a giveaway. Yeah. That he's, yeah. 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 So I thought, like, if there's no if there's no Fuji, and just Heenan, or and it's, when and it would have more like weight when Savage says, "Hey, 
let's you and me go talk about this. Let's look at this. Get away from this agitator, Bobby Heenan. I, I don't know. I, I, that's the only issue I had with it. I thought they kind of gave it away, like, like that was too. Like, I guess we all know, like, if you, if you watch wrestling long enough, like, even back then, I do remember, I know Crush is going to turn right here. Yeah, I mean, that that is a good point. That's a that's a detail that Vince doesn't usually miss. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. No, I, I think I think it's a good point. Yeah, I thought it would be best for, like, next week, you know, that they reveal it. Now he's with these guys, and now he has the face paint again. Now he's wearing that purple. Now he's working darker colors, and, you know. So then, by he, the, then he has a squash match and beats someone. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. what he can do. So by the end of this show... Diesel's trickery works. Uh, it goes down to sixty-four from sixty-five <laughs> to sixty-four percent for uh, no on HBK. Um, okay, so uh, just some tidbits from the Observer. Um, so Savage goes to Memphis, and they uh, Vince is his manager, and he beats Lawler for the unified title. But a little bit of a disappointing gate. Um, and crowds are not good. So, so this this uh, you know this agreement with with the Memphis territory to bring in WWE guys not working out uh, as as well as uh, as they had hoped. Also, this is interesting. So, get to remember, we're in October of 1993. The ESPN acquisitions department is looking at proposals and tapes of New Japan Pro Wrestling as part of a block with Sumo Wrestling. Amazing! Wow, like, I would have been in heaven back then to see. All this I know, great stuff in the '90s. Oh man, that that would have been amazing. Dome shows—they show that that would look pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. So just I mean, just think how long it took after that for mm-hmm. us to be able to to see this on this this stuff on U.S. television. Um, I think that's about it. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, we are they are building to Survivor Series. Um, and they will, uh, they will announce more matches and stuff will change and, and, but I am looking forward to, to that show. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. And, and you know, mostly it's because we're, we're rewatching these raws, but you know, I wasn't watching these raws as intently as I am now. And I'm just finding it to be a super fun hour. And you know, what's funny is that we're, you know, there's so much wrestling on TV now yet. The one thing that I always find time for without fail is this 93 raw show. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like my capper of the week. Like I, I, I have, to, I watch a lot, so I have to schedule all this stuff out, right? So like my Thursday this morning or afternoon is like my I watch it. And it's like a nice like cleanser of like stuff. Cause it's just a really fun hour of wrestling, and and I really enjoy. I've been really enjoying Vince on this on the commentary just because he's so amped and gets yeah. He just he works so hard to get everything over. You know, I just I. I love that guy. <laughs> All right. So um, the one other thing is is I forgot to mention this when we were talking about what's on TV this week for uh, for MMA. The Chuck and Tito 30 for 30 is up. I haven't watched it, so I don't know if it's any good or not. Um, but that, I think, is on demand with uh, with ESPN and, and the Plus app. So for those who want to watch that, I, that's something that I want to watch, too, because I love those guys. Um, and then uh, next week... What I want to talk about, we'll see if we have time for it because always, you know, there's always so much news. But I want to go over the uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter uh, Hall of Fame uh, ballots that I think the deadline is this weekend. So if you, I I gotta look into that again. I got October twenty. October twentieth is the deadline. So get your get your ballot in. 
Okay, I have to, I have to do my research. So yeah. we'll talk. We'll talk about our picks, and uh, and then I'm also gonna watch the first two episodes of NWA Power because I uh, Dave is interviewing David Lagana tomorrow, so I'm gonna help him with that. So I, I just want to make sure that I'm. You know that I'm prepared for that interview, so maybe next week we'll also talk about that to see if you're if if you catch episode two, and then by then, Good. you know, episode three we'll have to catch episode three as I well. I'm making a commitment to watch it every week. Actually, it's a it's a it's a fun hour of wrestling. It's it's, it's definitely throwback, and I enjoy it. And I've been really digging digging what they got going on. It's a lot of fun. All right, so that is it from here. Uh, So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.